Hey folks, uh, this is Rob. We're gonna open this one up a little bit differently. My brain is broken today. Uh, I've got uh, cartoon smoke clouds and twangy little metal springs popping out and ricocheting around the room. It's a nightmare. I think a sprocket just rolled across the floor. Uh, and I managed to just like completely screw up the scheduling of this recording. Uh, by just reading when things could happen, then making my plans for the day, uh, wrong, and then remembering that I had already read when things could happen. Uh, so needless to say, my, my brain is, is some bad, bad goop right now. And the reason that I'm in, uh, starting the episode this way is because today's episode of Riverdews and Riverdones, chapter 50, that is the 15th episode of season three, American Dreams, directed by Gabriel Correa and written by our boy, Roberto Guerra feels like I wrote this episode today. Folks, this one is, um, well, we'll, we'll talk about it. It's, it's, it's bad. It is a shit show. It is remarkably uh, but yeah, th th uh, as I alluded to, though, this is Riverdews and Riverdance. We're going to go through an episode of Riverdale and tell you our Riverdue, the part we liked. <laughs> uh, a task sometimes, our River don't. Uh, the thing that sucks the worst and our weekly weird. The thing that is the weirdest and perhaps gives this show some form of identity above the howling chaos that season three has become at this point. <sighs> yeah, I'm Rob. I'm, I'm Arlie. Oh, <laughs> oh. You, I, you guys have to buy each other some kind of uh, like cursed beverage or something. <laughs> I have I have a monster. Do you want that? Uh, <laughs> you want to just like eat that over to San Diego? Oh, I'm on um, medication for ADHD. A monster yeah, is too I powerful. Forgot about for that. Me. So sorry. Mm. I will not offer you a monster then. Um, Quinn, go ahead. I guess if we want to retake that. their potions, will kill you. <laughs> I'm Quinn. And I'm Arlie. Fantastic. <laughs> We're so good at this. You know, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that too. Anyway, see you on the other side with a little bit of an episode breakdown. Folks, I'm going to put, we're going to do a dessert first approach here just for a second because I'm interested. I, I have a little experiment that I would like to run. Um, without just going completely through your notes, can either of you tell me what happened in this episode? Um, a lot of nonsense happened. Um, the, uh, the, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the, the Joneses, I think, moved into the, or like are getting ready to move into the, uh, the Cooper house and, uh, Archie fights a bunch of nerds. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's what I remember. You're doing, you're, you're doing better than I was like. I watched I it last night. this episode, and I was like, God damn, I basically don't remember what happened. Right, yeah. like, right at the end of watching it, I was like, what even happened? And part of it is, I, I don't know if it's podcast brain not sharp from taking a break, but like, part of it is definitely that they're back on their bullshit with scenes that are three seconds oh, It's long. really oh, yeah. weird. So I recently adjusted a bunch of my medications, including my ADHD meds, and they are back to a place where I feel pretty good about them. Um... Like, I feel super normal when I take them, and I had attention, and I had focus, and then I watched this episode of Riverdale, and I felt like I needed to go to sleep, and I couldn't <laughs> pay attention to anything that happened during it. But as far as I recall, you've got four strings of plot happening. You've got Archie wants to resolve this red paladin card thing because they decided that there was a shitload of cards out in the wild that they just needed to get taken care of. So mm -hmm. there's that. 
there is Gladys has bought the Cooper house from Alice, and there's a bunch of stuff about figuring out what's going on with Gladys and the drug trade for Jughead. Then you've got two functionally identical plot lines centering around Cheryl and Tony and Reggie and Veronica, which both culminate in a breakup. I completely and forgot gonna, about that. And, and this this forms a really great, like, two-part bookended arc with the next episode we're going to talk about. Um, great is an interesting word so, to use here. Because uh, it sucks so bad. 75% or more of this episode is made worse significantly by the episode which follows it. It's just bullshit set up, and it's terrible. It was hog shit the first time. <laughs> yeah. All right, but there's only one way out, and that's through. So, Jughead waxes poetic on the American dream, and both he and the soundtrack seem to somehow buy that this whole mom and Jellybean are now living at home situation as, like, stable or good or sincere. Like, the the soundtrack is like, oh, isn't that nice? (laughs) Okay, and I want to jump (sighs) in right here real quick to ask a question that I think is going to kind of anchor things, at least for my critical reading of the episode (laughs) as I was going through it, because the episode's called American Dream, or American Dreams, I don't remember which one. I I think it's plural. plural. It is plural. American Dreams, they keep evoking imagery around the American dream. Jughead explicitly leans in to it in the description at the top of the episode. So my question as I was going through this was, perhaps foolishly, does this episode or this show writ large have anything to say about the American dream? Does it have opinions? Does it is it a thing that exists? Is it flawed? Is it something that should be pursued? These were questions that started turning in my mind very early in this episode. I, I feel like you're giving this show just entirely too much credit. I'm a critic. I have to think I have to think with my critic brain. It you're started hurt yourself turning if you and do that. But they're out there, they stand at the mountaintop at the top of the episode and they scream, Themes! <laughs> they really do! <laughs> Themes! But I, I mean, I look forward to seeing your analysis as it unfolds, but I have it's barren. a funny feeling. I'll say that it's barren. Yeah, it, they really do act like they're going to have something to say, like very confidently at the top of the episode. Uh, don't be fooled, dear listener. Gladys, it turns out, has bought the Cooper house. That's nice and awkward as the bouncy comedy music sting helpfully lets us know as Alice exits the house and sees Gladys and FP, and it's it's all, ooh! Betty's arson from, like, an episode or two ago, uh, as should surprise no one at so this point. So she's, like, legit an arsonist, right? Like- yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, no but, but no one should be surprised that her act of arson is completely hand-waved. It no longer matters. Alice is covering for her, doesn't seem even upset with her at all. Uh, and the buyer of the house has not been informed that there was a fire, and the damage is merely some smudgy chalk paint around one small corner of the house. It's terrible. <laughs> please, please, Riverdale says. Consequences? No, 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 no. For arson? No, 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 no. No. We're, 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 we're doing this episode now. Ugh. <sighs> Alice and Gladys want to go ahead with the sale over the objections of everybody else. Betty intends on crashing with Veronica for a while rather than living with the Joneses. 
At Pops, Drughead shows the Kill the Red Paladin quest card from the dead pervert Warden Norton, and he acquired it from his dad's office. It appears that many of these cards, identical cards, have been just thrown about the underbelly of Riverdale. Uh, so, so Archie can expect that there's a whole army of freaks after him now. <laughs> I just, I, why can't anyone say Warden Norton? <laughs> why Why is it that every time someone in this show says his name is Warden Norton? Yeah, it's Warden Norton. Warden Norton. That, that's his name. Yeah, Warden Norton loves not. to go down to the speakeasy. <laughs> it's, it is, it is consistent across multiple characters. Uh, it's, it's the it's worst really... with Archie, and I think it might be because KJ Appa is, in fact, a New Zealander. That's Doing my theory. Doing an accent. Yeah, maybe but... so, but I think it's, it may be an onset inside joke that would be wonderful that i would find that delightful um, cheryl surprises <laughs> tony with a spring break trip but tony has plans with the peepees and cheryl is extremely 12 years old about it this uh, she said teenage girl mode activated <laughs> my note for this scene is more cheryl tony bullshit i hate this manufactured drama little <laughs> did i know what this episode had in store oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. hold on to your hat <laughs> No, my, my my note literally just says Cheryl said teen girl mode activate. So uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's real bad. Even the cat here. Hates it. Um Archie meets with Hiram, showing him the quest card and accusing him of printing and distributing. Uh Hiram just readily admits, yes, that was me. I did that. It's so funny. He says, Well, we have a truce, so <laughs> Yeah, I tried to have twelve different people kill you. But that's in the past. That was last episode, like Riverdale itself says. Hiram furnishes Archie with a list of hot spots, which are basically enemy spawn point locations for G&G &G and Fizzle Rocks freaks uh, that are going to maybe try to murder him. So that's like a fun little plot engine thing. We got to go knock over these dens of uh, scum and nerdery. It's probably not going to come to anything, but it was it was funny. Cheryl shows up at the Bonwee with a baked goods peace offering, and Tony is doing some ill-synced girl boss karaoke with Veronica. Boy, they'll like lip syncing on this. Uh, <laughs> what they did to call your girlfriend by Robin was a crime. <laughs> I'm a fan of that song. It was not. I was not happy with. Is their there anything that they do to music on this show that is not? A felony. We have to save that conversation for next episode, Arlie. You <laughs> yeah, know I mean, that. That's a good, that's an excellent you point that you just that. made. I'm so sorry. I'm really jumping the gun here. My apologies. More on that in the next episode <laughs> for sure. Um, F Palace do some angst about still being in love, but Gladys being mother to the kids. Wait, can we talk about what is said here? It's so funny. Because Alice says, do you love me? And FB says, doesn't matter. Well, and I don't know why I thought that was so funny. Because I was like, "Fuck, dude, that's brutal." <laughs> <laughs> and what was said before was, "Do you love Gladys?" And he's like, "She's the mother of my children." And then she goes, "Do you so love me?" He didn't answer either of those <laughs> questions. No. This doesn't matter. <laughs> also, technically, Alice is the mother of one of his kids. That kid is just dead. Correct. <laughs> Yeah. Let's not forget. W let's not what? Forget. forget. Forget what? It's the show. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, it's, it's fine. I'm so stupid. the 
here's where my notes start getting frustrated with the uh, episode. The scenes are fast and furious, as Retchy points out that he basically does almost everything at the Bonwe and wants to be cut in as a partner. Uh, Veronica 86 is that idea due to all the debts she already has. And like, I just, I have a quote here, a quote of a quote, if you will, and I, I need help. To quote my abuelita, no one walks on water in my place except me. What the fuck does that mean? I would, I interpreted that as like, obviously the walking on water thing is a reference to Jesus, but I feel like that's like, I don't know, like no one gets special treatment, but that's, I think it was just a stupid thing to make Veronica say. Yeah, well, I and like, it's a quote no. from her abuelita, meaning that her abuelita had a place in which she was the sole water walker. Right. I don't know, maybe like, it's just, her house it's very or she, weirdly complicated. A I don't know. We don't know. So this is also, if we want to take a read on this, which is about the American dream, <laughs> this is where Reggie starts pushing for a, a manifestation of the American dream. He wants to move Indeed. up the ladder. He wants to become a partial owner. He wants to enter like the entrepreneurial class, um, or at least be fairly paid for his work if you want to take a more... Um, what is this saying about, like, labor? He's like, hey, I do so much shit around here. Please, like, I think it would be fair. Uh, in some senses, I demand that I am brought into the decision-making apparatus of this business. Fair compensation would be pretty poggers right about now. Um, to which... You can't just say words. To which Veronica says, I'm sorry, I'm your boss. And ends the conversation, <laughs> basically. That yep. is actually a pretty accurate portrayal of, of uh, how those conversations tend to go in the real world. Oh, it is. It is. And it makes me sad that somehow it seems like nobody else at Le Bon Nui is employed there. Because if Reggie had a big brain, he would immediately start unionizing. <laughs> that said, Reggie is very dumb. Yeah, I feel like that puts a lot of pressure on Reggie to not be a just a, a dummy little idiot man. Fair enough. Because you um, did say if Reggie had a big... big um, I did. I said. If Reggie had a big brain. Good God. I can't talk. Anyway. How many pickled peppers could Reggie's big brain pick? Uh, uh. Jughead interrogates Gladys about the Cooper house and the annexation of the former gargoyles uh, recently. Gladys does a, I want to have a nice normal life routine, which is just dead on arrival. But she manages to rope Jughead into helping plan a 50th birthday party for FP regardless. <sighs> then we have famously competent law enforcement officer Kevin's dad. Who is going to supervise the training of the serpents as junior bootlickers. This is the best idea ever. Oh, man. And the thing is, you know they all know that he's a piece of shit at his old job. Because mm -hmm. The whole that's... show, until recently, has been about how bad he is at his job. Oh, God. And, like, now he's the one who's going to, for some reason, like... Like, why? Why? They have well, it's because the actual of his, sheriff! It's because of his army boxing experience. Oh, right. Army boxing. That does make it make sense. Mm -hmm. uh, in the cruiser with Jughead, FP is happy to even be alive at age 50 and expresses pride in his kids, making me nervous about him getting shot in the next couple of scenes. They get a call about an incident at Pops where Veronica reports a fizzle rocks junkie had some kind of freak out and assaulted a waitress with coffee. Uh, someone is apparently defibrillating Riverdale's ailing drug trade. I wonder who it could be. And I want to circle back around to that uh, car scene for a second, because this, yeah. again, is where the show continues to evoke 
the imagery of the American dream when talking about their current situation, Jughead describes it as, quote, like a Norman Rockwell painting with leather jackets. Uh, mm-hmm. I hate him. They hate sure him do tag so that base uh, and then <clears throat> proceed to do very little with it. Um, but reference is substance. Remember, that's like the as first rule know. of Riverdale. Nana Rose informs Cheryl that she's not seen Tony around the place since she gave her an envelope of rent money. It was more like rent question mark money. Yeah. Nana Rose doesn't know what rent is. But speaking of money envelopes, Reggie isn't happy with a meager money envelope. He refuses it. And Veronica tells him to take the night off. It's cool because see, there was an envelope of money in the scene. And then in the very next scene, there was a different (laughs) envelope that had money in it. What a good show. It was it's very, it's very uh nuanced. Very, it's very fun. densely. It was very layered. funny to me. Uh it was very funny to me when in this second scene, Veronica hands him over the money and is like, Here you go. I'm pay this is what I think is a fair starting salary. To which he responds, I didn't come here to work for minimum wage. And instead of understanding the spirit of what he was talking about, Veronica just immediately goes, um, actually, you'll find that better pay than a minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, that was the response. argument. Like, this is actually uh, more than minimum wage. So I would appreciate if, one, you shut the fuck up, and two, you left my goddamn speakeasy. <laughs> it's it's wild. Veronica's the villain now. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. In, in, in Riverdale. Anyway. Veronica said capitalism is my best friend. Mm-hmm. And also, I love prisons. Veronica, greed is good, Lodge. Archie and Bughead meet in Dilton Doily's Funker to discuss <laughs> the list of G&G nests and start making visits. They get absolutely nothing, information-wise. But when the GM confirms that the Red Paladin card is, quote, in play, Archie gets really aggroed. He's like, well, then oh. take your shot! So, again, <laughs> And it's so fucking funny. I want to rewind again back to the Funker before they go to the, the game store. Because... They name their mission. They name the serpent's mission there. And that is to, quote, tap into Riverdale's gaming network. Yes. I I don't know how I knew, but I knew that's what you were going to mention. It's it's so fucking funny to me. What what a ridiculous series of words. It's it's so much. Oh, God. Um, I have a question. Has the yeah. phrase, because I, of course, am so bad at mentioning, like, what, what things I write down, like, what happens and what scenes. Has the phrase reopen the candy store been spoken yet in our in our recap? Do we know? Does anyone remember? That might have been when they went into Pops. Because I, I know it was about uh, the, the drug stuff, but I don't remember. Anyways, that was a setup for Heather's just... That was that was that was a thing. That was a setup oh, yeah, for stuff right. in the next it's a, episode. It's a call forward. It's a call forward. <laughs> we know that at least by the last scene of this episode, they actually do know what they're doing next, uh, which might you, might lead you to think that like that would mean that there's a great continuity between this episode and the next one. But like, no. don't be fooled. You would assume that no. maybe if they knew an episode like the next episode was coming up, they would have spent more than one goddamn episode trying to set it up. Just a little bit. <laughs> I would be very interested to see what the filming schedule was for some I, of this stuff. I feel like there was definitely more set up for Carrie. Yeah, maybe so. Just because there was the whole thing with like uh, Cheryl's mom being terrible to her and so the pig's blood thing. And then there was the yeah. Black Hood stuff. So Midge got but, killed. Yeah, and... the, there's, there's a lot of stuff that led into that. And this is just like, boom, it's happening. No, they're like, okay, we gotta, we gotta do it again. And they didn't. This one was like, we want to sexualize the teenagers. How do we do it? Well, and, and we've got the, uh, 
We have our horrible auto-tune demon that lives underneath the studio. We gotta... He needs to be paid tribute. We gotta talk about that next episode. I have so many angry thoughts. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> um, so they're tapping into Riverdale's gaming ne- network. Uh, well, yeah, like, Archie just basically said, like, yeah, you want to fight? Let's fucking fight! And, like, it goes nowhere. It's very funny. Veronica tells Betty about Gladys's position in the Fizzle Rocks industry. That clock is ticking, I guess. Jughead suggests counterfeiting an addendum to the Red Paladin quest. This addendum that they're gonna do where they, like, distribute, hey, actually, here's some extra stuff about this quest. It, like, doesn't cancel the violence against Archie. Like, it just, they're they're allowed to change the rules, but they're not gonna change the rules so that Archie is safe. They're just no. declaring a 12-hour Archie purge. It, they, they decided to compress the violence. Yes. <laughs> and this... This, to me, was one of the strangest moves in this episode. They didn't need to introduce that there were this many red paladin cards out there, right? They didn't need to establish that there was a cool dozy of people who (laughs) wanted to go find and kill Archie. But they did. No. And then they're like, oh, shit, we've developed ourselves a huge problem. And everyone in the audience is wondering if there's that many of these big, strong, sweaty men or angry children out there trying to um, put Uh one in Archie, then this could happen at any time. That sounds like tension that exists all the time. complication to the plot, even. We can't have that. And so what if they just decided to (laughs) rewrite the rules as though... Yeah, let's just bang it all out. That is a move... That makes any sense to make, and that wouldn't immediately smell like bullshit. Oh my god. Teufel really is not a fan of this method of no. uh, handling the conflict. Um, Bad it's a good thing. It's a good thing Betty's there, because like without her suggestion of one-on-one only, no items, final destination, uh, I guess they would have just die. shown up and shot him. Like... <laughs> Because, because like, neither Archie nor Jughead thought of, like, well, we should make it so that only one person can fight me at a time and they're not allowed to use weapons. So, like, Archie and Jughead's idea was, like, Archie dies by firing squad. And Betty, <laughs> Betty talks them into, like, making it a little more structured. Betty talks it down to Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess at least we get to see Archie punching some people. That's in my notes. He also gets really bloody, which is pretty good. Yes. If you're into that sort of thing, they, they sure do it. Um, is, is that not a universal thing? <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie. Uh, Be- Betty does now then. tell Jughead that, like, no, it is your mom who's, like, reigniting the drug trade here. Um, so that's now pretty much everybody knows about it. Except for Archie. Because, like, Archie doesn't need to know things. He doesn't need to do stuff in the story. He's just in charge of getting punched. Yeah, pretty much. Archie goes to uh, goes to Hiram again for help finding a battleground for his upcoming insane misadventure. Hiram fortunately happens to just own a closed-down boxing gym. Super normal. Have at it, sport. You scaled down this, the scope of this, Rob. He owns an entire <laughs> abandoned part of town. Which it's just true. so happens to have an old boxing gym in it. That RG yeah. can use for his impromptu fight. Club. We've like invented a like a ramshackle post-apocalyptic district in Riverdale that Hiram just owns. <laughs> Why not? Oh, God. 
This show is already uh, so goddamn weird, it might as well happen. Jughead tasks the serpents with impersonating gargoyles and distributing the counterfeit quest cards, gathering intel on the re-emerging Fizzle Rocks trade. Do we meet Termite uh, and Jinx here? Uh, we also those are names that are said. You missed the first them. one. You missed the first most important name. You get oh, the old only ones Deuteronomy, about. <laughs> Termite, and Jinx. <laughs> The only ones that I cared about were Termite and Jinx, but now that you've said it, I realize that that is a character from Cats the Musical. Yes. Fuck. Holy shit. Fuck. Cinematic universe. I, I, I cracked the fuck up at Termite and Jinx. Like, that Serpents feels, that are like... not dogs. <laughs> well, I lost it I at feel like Old Dude because I was like, what? Okay. Because this has got to be a Cats reference. It's not a T.S. Eliot yeah, there's, reference. It's, there's they're not no referring way. to the book of T.S. Eliot poems that Cats is based on. This is a Cats reference. Yeah. I wow. Just, the, I, I just feel like I would end up having friends that are named Termite and Jinx. So I thought it was really funny. Like, so, someday, someday, it's going to be in my lineup. They got to um, they gotta go party with Lug Newt. <laughs> I think um, about them constantly. Yeah. Reggie's in trouble, it turns out. He tried to steal his car back from Gladys. Uh, what a dumb little he's boy. So, classic, he's so good at making mistakes. Classic Reggie move. Veronica gratises the FP birthday expenses in exchange for uh, Reggie being forgiven for the whole car theft thing. Cheryl rolls up on the Bonwee, claiming to be there to gamble rather than to simply be weird about Tony. Yeah, I, I wasn't clear if this was Le Bonnui or not. I thought that the light fixture in the back was there, but it was if the whole thing felt completely different in vibe. I know it was in casino mode, but I was like, is is this or is this a different there's casino a couple space. of weird set situations. Like there's like there is a set in the next episode that, with a gun to my head, I could not tell you where the scene took place. We'll talk about that too. Uh, but yeah, no, there's more of this like jealousy and controlling and just bad forced conflict in the in the Choni situation. <laughs> Sorry, I always forget that their ship name is Choni, which is mm -hmm. um. In my experience, Spanish for underwear. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes. Archie has, and I cannot stress this enough, a boxing robe with the words Red Paladin. Where did taped, he get that? Taped onto the back in masking tape letters. I'm sure that they have masking tape around and an old boxing gym like this. Oh, I bet you it's got a lot of silk boxing robes in it. How do you think it is? Oh, it smells like ass cheeks. <laughs> it's uh it's certainly a look and a whole fucking crew of larp freaks fucking shows up respect the drip rob one of them dressed up as a minotaur complete with gigantic fuck off horns respect the nerd drip it is astonishing these avengers do assemble there are 16 goddamn people you here counted? to kick archie's ass yes i counted <laughs> I knew it was more than 12 just looking at it. I'm like, that's not 12 people. That's gotta be, it's gotta be more. I didn't count though. I, I, I must point out that they are not searched for weapons. That's true. <laughs> for that entering the ring to fight Archie. Nope. And one of them just bites the shit out of Archie's That shoulder. was brutal, yeah. Uh, yeah, they 
really going for it. Uh, well, and so it's the, it's the king of the mountain. Like, he's going to have to fight all of these fucking guys in a row. No one said not, no teeth, though. No one did say no teeth. Baby teeth, where you at? You got to be careful with these rules. You got to write these rules more carefully. You got to write your rules like you're talking to a genie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cheryl snoops around at the Bonwe, but is caught by Tony. Apparently the whole I'm going to steal from your workplace thing was foreplay. So I guess it's fine. Uh, this whole scene is like really weird and uncomfortable for me. Um, is, so it's once again, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, it lost my attention for a second, right? I saw Cheryl sneak in and then like my attention fades out and then I snap back to reality and I, I see that like it's Oops. getting hot and steamy and I'm like, wait, hold on. What <laughs> is this? Is this, if you, is this if Cheryl you for a second? It's like boobs. Is this Cheryl and Tony? Is this something else? What the, what is going on? So I had to rewind. I'm like, okay, so it is Cheryl and Tony, which leaves me with as many questions as when I spaced out. Oh yeah. <laughs> if not more. It's, it's just like all of a sudden let's do boobs. And that's the scene. Uh, like me. That, lunch, that's what I the guess. script says. It says Cheryl descends the stairs. Lizda boobs. <laughs> <laughs> and about that scene. Now, if I were to tell you, <laughs> That we use the juxtaposition of fucking and unsanctioned nerd boxing as a tonal mismatch to create an excuse for a musical montage? Would you be shocked? No. My notes say fucking and fighting to the same music? Classic Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Oh, God. They just. They did it like a decent way, like many, many moons ago, and now they just can't stop. It's and it's like a copy of a copy of a copy. They don't even remember like why this is it's like so even potentially good. At this it's, point. it's yeah. It's just a it's just an obligation now. They've copied and pasted this one JPEG so many times. They it's it's just, it's just a frog that says soup time now. <laughs> so. <sighs> I love soup frog. A guy from Warden Orton's torture prison shows up with the card, the quest card. Oh, he has a name, Jughead, Rob. Oh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about what Jughead's thought process must be here. Jughead seems to judge in the moment that this man walks through the door that he is worthy of a nickname. Enter the Kraken. Cole Sprouse manages. Did y'all get laughing, my message in the group somehow. chat last night? <laughs> Cole Sprouse, ladies and gentlemen. People the greatest actor of his generation. <laughs> How did he do it? How did he do it? Oh, God. They don't pay that man enough. Whatever they're paying him is not enough. Straight face screams, enter the Kraken into the And he's microphone. like, not only is he straight face, but he's like so serious about it. Like it. There's some profundity. It's like sincere. And also it, it had me howling because what the fuck? Oh, I have I have feelings about their fight too, folks. I don't even Archie, remember that, honestly. Well, so. it's not the fight as much as how they talk about it. Archie counterpunches the Kraken's head off, but that's not the real headline here. The Kraken does the whole cliche of like, this one's for the warden, this one's for me. And when Archie takes him out, he just steals and repeats his line. <laughs> that was for me. That was for me. God, like, God. A second draft was just too much to ask here. I also want to draw attention to the complimenting slash contrasting um, makeout scene. At some point, Tony blindfolds Cheryl. And then before she does anything involving the blindfold, she takes it off. 
object permanence play. It's it's just like, we're going to let you know that it could be sexy, but this is a show rated for teens. It was just so funny. Like, she didn't even kiss her with the blindfold on. No, nope. it was like, it was. I thought that I would just like spaced out a little bit, but I'm glad to hear that it wasn't just me. They no, it really was just, just really like, weirdly it shot. It, yeah. it was so it was funny. Very, very weird. <laughs> What what if we never mind? <laughs> Sacrifice no more, Jughead happily intones to his friend like that's a thing a human would say. <laughs> that's not like an announcement on the microphone. That is something he says sincerely to Archie. You don't just need to be putting on the performance no right now, Jughead. Like you can be sincere. No. Not allowed. <sighs> Tony admits that moving in with Cheryl may have been too fast, and Cheryl is quite pissy about it. Okay, so see this this is something that confused me. Because this this exchange does happen, and so Cheryl, like, asks her basically to move out, right? And then I thought, oh, is this just a change in their relationship dynamic? Are they taking a step back? I didn't understand in that moment that that was a full breakup. Yeah, I, did, I didn't either. That wasn't just you. Like, I've... I knew that it was a breakup because I've seen it before, but it right. didn't come off that way in the actual exchange that happened. It doesn't... It does not convey the information to the viewer like cheryl's no. a little pissy but at no point did they say okay we're done or and also like at that. no point in the last several episodes has she not been a little pissy yeah, yeah like that is been... like apparently going through some shit yes but... so i was very confused by that frankly <sighs> yeah not yeah, just it... you it was it was unclear it was very unclear which is weird because they managed to communicate it clearly in a couple of scenes yeah it's just I don't know. It's Riverdale, my friend. Hiram, for some reason, wants to just let Archie keep the boxing gym. Super normal. And Archie just fucking takes the devil's candy once again. Just this absolute plank of a man. Like, how does he think that this is a good idea? Like, god damn it. I think that you'll find that Hiram said that there were no strings attached, so I don't see what the problem is. Oh, Archie's yes, it's the same superpower. Like, he's suspicious for, like, two seconds. And then he's like, okay, thanks. And then... That, then... <laughs> it's really... That's what happened. It, it's like, buddy. Like, it's, it's the same superpower as when Hiram's like, I didn't do that. <laughs> but consider, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about no? Um, Reggie confronts Veronica with his desire to actually matter. And Veronica pretty much shuts him down, giving him the keys to his car, uh, which she bought back from Gladys. The nebulous break upish event train keeps rolling. I honestly, I'm going to be real. I didn't even realize they were like officially dating. Um, well, I think that was which, part of the thing, right? Where. Um, but then like in at some point, either later in this episode or in the next episode, they mentioned something about like, why were we even dating in the first place? Or maybe that's the scene. Yeah, because like Reggie's like, I don't want to just be your casual hookup. I want to matter. But and then, then in the next episode, they act as though as though they've been <laughs> dating. So it is very strange as well. Um, yeah, very strange. The serpents let Jughead know that the rumors about Gladys are true. And he confronts her straight up with it. She admits it, saying that all this drug stuff she's doing is for the family. uh, And warns him that telling FP would kill him. So, very, very bad stuff going on with the Joneses. Cheryl informs Kevin that this year's musical will be Heather's by God, and she'll be starring and he'll be directing. Uh, okay. So, I guess you could call this continuity. 
Listen, or something like Cheryl's we just we just a normal one we just jam a scene uh about the next episode it was into so, this episode so funny Isn't though she also doing archery in this scene she is doing croquet oh yeah that's yeah it's the heathers thing okay yeah. yes i also thought it was very funny that she starts tearing into kevin about how they're going to do godspell and kevin's like excuse me the farm is sponsoring this year's play and we're going to do godspell and then cheryl's like eat my shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that is that how is, the conversation goes that's it that's it you got it um dang and it just that that just sits there nfb's birthday party jughead gives a very sweet speech in his dad's honor and they play this like he's just gonna blab what's going on with gladys on a microphone in front of like a hundred people as though he couldn't just say it later or before or any time in private. Like, they act like this is some real tension here. Is he gonna just air their business to a zillion people? Uh, and it's just false tension that's fine. That's very not a Jughead move, though. No! That's, that's like, like a just... Cheryl move. Right, another and character might do that, yeah. Jughead, there's just no reason for Jughead to do this. Even if he's not gonna keep the secret, there's no reason for him to break the secret in this way. And so it just, it's it reads as super false to me. Yeah. Right. Afterwards, it would, it would just be upsetting and painful to everyone involved, like... In a completely worthless exactly. way. Like, even, like, no one's agenda would be served at all by it. So it's just, it, it doesn't... It doesn't connect. Like, the, the tension is super, super fake. Afterwards, Jughead tells Betty that he intends on running his mom out of town, and the episode ends. Oh. Thank God. Okay, right. I'm sorry. My notes in this part, I was really losing it at this point. My last... <laughs> Very understandable. My last note before my river do's and river don'ts is simply, Jughead speech of dad. <laughs> Valid. That's... That is what happens. Yeah. Sometimes Jughead yeah. speech of dad. <laughs> yeah. Jughead really out here, just speech of dad. <laughs> TFW Jughead speech of dad. <sighs> what, yep. a, what an episode. That what a we, we, slog of an episode. We made it through to this segment, folks. I, I, for one, am very proud of us and our fortitude, our, our toughness, our uh, conviction. We did good. River Deuce, who wants to kick us off? Uh, I think that we can all agree that this episode was a toughie in terms of yes. selection of river dues mm-hmm. we were not it might be it might be the worst out of like the last five episodes frankly. it might be one of the worst of all time in my yeah, opinion it's really bad like there was almost <laughs> nothing in this episode that happened that was worthwhile there was little that happened that was infuriating it was just such a murmur of an episode and so i really had to dig deep and think and I, I had to qualify my Riverdue inside of my Riverdue, which is getting to the bottom of the Gladys thing for Jughead, I guess. <sighs> Look, I am not going to judge any Riverdues in this, our, like, summer of discontent, uh, like, mid to late season three. Like, yeah, fine, good. <laughs> That's a thing that happened. And in theory, they could develop it into cool stuff later. I mean, they won't. <laughs> no. That's but... been, like... All of your last, like, ten River well, <laughs> I have specifically <laughs> stepped away from that. Like, I very specifically almost did a River do of that kind, and I was like, no, fuck you, no. <laughs> so, I will say that it develops into one thing that's very funny to me in the next episode that I don't know if either of you noticed at all, so we'll talk about it when we get there. Okay. Ooh, a treat. It's just a tiny piece of set dressing that, like, sent me completely off, so. Um, I guess I will take the next River do. Um... I, I'm living for the small stuff at this point. It's got to be Termite and Jinx. 
I just, I, I loved those names. They made me happy. And um, there's not a lot in this episode that made me smile. So I'm going to take what did. <laughs> yeah. And... Like, where's where's their story? Where there's Where's their funny, I want to know adventure? more about Termite and Jinx. Yeah. <laughs> I want a spinoff episode, like, just about them. That's what, what that's why old do? Deuteronomy to, like, narrate a storybook <laughs> story about what they're up to in this episode. <laughs> It's why Phil Collins wrote that song for the Tarzan um, soundtrack that says, I want to know, can you show me? I want to know about that termite and jinx. Yes. Oh, that, yes, yeah, perfect. absolutely. Iconic lyrics. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a powerful song. Oh, um, I, I guess I have a Riverdue. It's just that, like, Cole Sprouse and Skeet Ehrlich are good at acting against each other. And, like, yeah. there's some nice sincerity when they're in the car together. And he's like, I'm, I didn't think I would live this long with the life I had and, like, where I came from. And, like, I, I love my family and my kids. Going back to uh, that old well. Yep. I mean, I said I wasn't going to do, like, a, ooh, they set up something cool, Riverdue. But I did not promise that I wasn't just going to praise these two actors again. <laughs> because there's not, it's slim pickings, folks. It really is. It was, yeah, it, it was the one. It was the one thing in this uh, episode that made me feel anything other than frustration or um, confusion. I'd like to so, give an honorable mention to Enter the Kraken. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very fair. Very fair. River don'ts. Quinn hit us with some garbage. For me, it was the. In- it was almost in the entire structure of the episode, but specifically, I mean, it was the fact that they were doing not one, but two concurrent bullshit relationship drama plot lines that felt entirely manufactured, entirely false. And the same! And the same. Just the exact same! Like, beat and for so beat, bad. they were almost identical, and so... They even did back-to-back scenes with them a couple yes, times. where the same thing happened. and it unforgivable. It wasn't like, look at this interesting analogy. <laughs> it was, here we go again. Uh, also, honorable mention to the fact that they did all of this evocation of the American dream, and then I couldn't find any way to wiggle it in past some of the stuff with Reggie, and obviously them, like, hollowly evoking it with FP. <sighs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um... <sighs> I I mean I hated the return of season one Cheryl. Um, yeah. That sucked. I wish that they would stop doing my girl dirty. They do all the girls dirty though. Yeah, but Cheryl's my girl. I love her. That's true. Yeah, it's terrible. It continues to be terrible. That sucked. Um, the whole thing sucked. Sort of alluded to this before, but my river don't is that Veronica just is a terrible person. I like, almost picked that. So speaking of speaking of people who they've done dirty, she's just awful. Like Reggie's not wrong. He literally is like completely vital to the entire thing with the Bonwee. Like he does everything. He works more than she does. And like, and he's hot. He's just, he's just like, I want to get cut in. I want to be a partner. Like, clearly, I'm like a the beating heart of this place, and I want to like have a stake in it, and I want to work together with you instead of for you. And she's for no reason. She's like, fuck you. Like, think, think. It's just, ah. I mean, yes, it might, it might cost a tiny bit more, but if he's taking a percentage or something, like they're in debt. He actually probably gets less money for a while, but like has pride in what he's doing and like it matters and he matters that's a better way to keep him on you know that person you need for it to possibly work that's a better way to keep him on than to be like "Mm, no actually you live in the dirt 
and your worms are the friends and like <laughs> the skeletons just, will pull your hair up but not out yeah it's 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 just nonsense like she's just terrible for no reason it doesn't even make sense from a selfish perspective like she has to be so stupid to not see to not see what he cares about here uh and and do something intelligent it's crazy yeah and then that definitely activated all of my like communism i was like <laughs> yeah yeah just no she's just like her character is now secondary to the fact that she's a boss like that she's ruling class now. right like and all of a sudden what was reggie doing if not speaking for all workers when he's like i do more than you i make this place run this wouldn't exist without me perhaps you should pay me a little perhaps right or maybe i get an ownership stake like you know something that's like more than a pittance this is ridiculous something not disgustingly unfair would be pretty neat please and and she's not even asking for that much not fuck that yeah no it 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 makes no sense it makes no sense the way she goes except if it's just like no my character is that i am just greedy now and terrible she turns to him and she says the only words i ever want to hear from you again are oink 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 i'm a little piggy honk honk oink oink listen to the anime sickos podcast uh it's a good show so yeah like uh well yeah yeah, that that I that made me very mad because there have been times in the long ago before times that Veronica was one of my favorite characters in this show. That is not the case any longer. Do I have favorite? Char- I don't want to think about that. That's gonna give me a whole. <laughs> You're gonna make yourself uh, cry. crisis here. Like, uh, but so let's move on. Let's let's save me and go to Weekly Weird, please. Okay, I don't know if this is gonna be anyone else's, but mine was. We touched on this already that they just rewrote. All of the challenge rules and everybody <laughs> accepted it. They were like, okay, that's fine. This is fine. <laughs> this is what we do now. Wh- what? <laughs> I just... Undercuts a bit of previous conflict when you think about it. Yeah, it was very weird. Um, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, that's fine, I guess. Um, my weekly weird was the whole thing with Jughead's speech, how they had that little, like, spaghetti western stare down between Jughead and Gladys for a second, <laughs> even though, like, we knew, we all knew nothing was gonna happen, and they were like, I could hear the big, bad, and the ugly music playing. Um, Did you say the big, yeah. bad, and the ugly? <laughs> <laughs> the big, the bad, and the ugly. No, starring Lady Dimitres. They didn't say the big, the bad. They said the big, bad, the ugly. Oh, the big, bad, <laughs> comma, the ugly. Yeah. The big, bad, what is also ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't bully me. I'm stupid. It's not my fault. <laughs> That's my favorite Glint Westwood film. Uh. <laughs> Don't bully me. <laughs> Um, I meant the good, the bad, the ugly fucking Christ. Yeah. My brain is on like full autopilot. <laughs> yes, that, that's actually, that's a rejected concept for a VeggieTales <laughs> direct-to-movie. The good, the bad, and the ugly fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was ahead of its time. Um, my weekly weird is that 16 becostumed <laughs> freaks are in this episode. That was almost my uh, my river due, but I'm I mean, glad it yeah. made it into this it, section. It, yeah, it, 16 <sighs> of them. All walks of life, all levels of costuming, and uh, all levels of uh, combat preparedness. I also need to one, point out... One of them's a bitey man. 
I also need to point out, 16 showed up. Of those 16 people, only nine of them entered the ring because they collected a total of 11 cards, including what seemed like the two that they had initially before Go Lightly shows up. So some of those were emotional support freaks. Yes. Oh, there were there were spectators. You also some of the freaks had a cheering need emotional section. support freaks. Yeah, that is good. We did it. I'm never gonna emotionally recover from the big <laughs> 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 uh, Possible episode title. Yep. We'll see. We'll see. This also this episode was the big bad the ugly. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Fuck. Great. Great and good. Good. Mm-hmm. <laughs>